Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Courtney Burns works as a middle school guidance counselor for the Faith Lutheran School in Las Vegas. And after the tragic mass shooting that took place in Las Vegas, she was able to bring in Esther, who was trained to be a comfort dog. With Esther's help, Courtney has been able to help both students and teachers alike. And instead of the school owning Esther, she is instead Courtney's own personal dog, a relationship that has led to a closer connection and an interesting balance between working together and playing together. Courtney, welcome to Dog Save the People. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Where are we speaking to you from? I am in Las Vegas. So, Courtney, tell me a little bit about uh, the work that you do, which I think is sounds both fascinating and quite beautiful. Well, I am a counselor at Faith Lutheran Middle School and High School out here in Vegas, and we are a school of about 2,000 students ranging from 6th grade to 12th grade. We're a private school. We draw kids from all over the valley, and one of the things that I love about working there is as a counselor, my administration really supports us in offering emotional and social support to kids and to families and to faculty rather than the traditional academic planning that a lot of counselors are kind of pigeonholed into doing in schools. That's wonderful because more and more I think that everybody is understanding that those are as valuable as sort of the career or the college or the academic counseling. Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel as though if we're going to get kids through school, if we're not getting the whole person through school intact, healthy, happy, adjusted, the academic achievements kind of become a little meaningless. I agree with you. No, that's so wonderful. So within your role at the school, can you tell me a little bit about how the idea of a comfort dog came into being? Well, so I love dogs. I've always had dogs. I believe in the power of a dog. Um, I think that they are life-changing. And so from the time I started at Faith, I've really kind of lobbied for us to pioneer this program. And the roadblock that I ran into is that my CEO is genuinely afraid of dogs. Okay. Some bad experiences in childhood. And so over the course of five or six years, this pattern developed where I would submit a proposal and he would tell me no, and I would regroup. And a few months later, I would submit another one. And he, <laughs> and I just kind of figured we would do this until one of us retired. Right. In the fall of 2017, I reached out to the director of counseling at Concordia University, Mecklen, because they have a dog that's on their campus full time and did a little more research about what the data looks like and how they use the dog. And I wrote up another proposal and I submitted it. And my boss said he was 98% sold on the idea of starting this program. But I think he said that the same way that I tell my kids that we'll go get ice cream, you know, like hoping they'll forget. Right. Right. And um, but that conversation was September 28th of 2017. And as you know, October 1st of 2017 was a significant day for us. Yes. When Route 91 happened um, with the shooting. You know, my school had 10 students who were in attendance at the concert. We had two who were actually shot. Thankfully, both survived. We had faculty there. We had parents there. And then you start to get into the, the next layers of impact of the first responders, the first responder families. 
and just even those who may have not been directly involved but are still impacted because it's a really awful traumatic thing. Going into school on October 2nd was surreal. Didn't really know what we were dealing with. My husband is a lieutenant with the police department, and so he was actively involved in the scene and was gone, and we were trying to gauge how many kids we had involved. And what was really startling on the second was the eight students who attended the concert but weren't in the hospital came to school hours after they got home from the concert. And so we just kind of had these traumatized kids in the counseling office trying to figure out how do we how do we do this and i had been in contact with an organization it's the lutheran charities canine organization and they place dogs in different congregations and then the dogs actually fly to scenes of of tragedy and so i reached out to them on the second and i said i don't really know what to do can you send me a dog or two we'll see if that helps and on the third 12 golden retrievers (laughs) flew into campus (laughs) and i am telling you i opened the door and there were 12 goldens wagging their tails and that is what the gates of heaven must look like yes i agree with you and i actually saw the picture on on the on the blog i mean what a beautiful beautiful visual Mm -hmm. yes and what was really amazing was i had one of the girls in the office with me that morning who had been at the concert And I couldn't get her under control. Um, She was crying so hard. And the office buzzed me to tell me the dogs were here. And I said, you know, let's go see. And she came out with me. And it was the first time I've seen her smile. And she kind of disappeared into this pile of fur and came up laughing. And it changed our campus. It changed everything that day. And my boss said, okay, I get it. (laughs) Maybe I don't like it, but I get it. Go ahead Mm -hmm. and get the dog. And so I had been in contact with a kennel nearby who breeds dogs to work. They do diabetic alert dogs and service dogs and therapy dogs. And so he said the okay. And I kind of sprinted away from him and made a call real quick and bought a dog that afternoon. And uh, told my husband about it later. He's fine. <laughs> and that was kind of where where this came from. Um, Esther was born in November of 2017 and came home in January of 2018. Wonderful. What kind of happened with Esther, though, that I, I hadn't anticipated? My plan had been, I'm going to bring this puppy home and we're going to get her trained and she'll maybe make some appearances on campus here and there, but she'll start work in the fall of the 1920 school year. The 1819 school year was unlike anything I've ever seen. In addition to one October, we lost two students in really tragic, freak ways. We had two faculty members lose children. And then we had kind of the the trauma that goes along with a standard school year of losing parents and grandparents and illness and things like that. And it just, we were so rocked as a community and kind of couldn't find our footing. I didn't know what to do, so I just started bringing Esther to work. And that sounds really noble. (laughs) Um, In hindsight, I tried to be a full-time counselor and school administrator with an untrained puppy in my office. (laughs) 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 But but she really kind of became this symbol of hope 
and became such a part of our family and our fabric and our community and was so embraced and so loved by by everyone. That's amazing. So she started coming to school with you. How old was she when she started? She was four months old. And how was the response from the kids and from the faculty as well? You know, starting the program, I was a little worried that there would be some pushback about, are we making kids too soft or are we, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that as a community, we were just so traumatized that everybody was in this mindset of whatever we have to do, let's do it. So I had zero negative pushback on any of it from anyone. She was so well received. And and what was really amazing about her, even as an infant, I know that, you know, purchasing from a breeder versus adoption is a really polarizing topic. I've adopted many an animal in my day and I love it and support it. I think that raising a dog to work, I really wanted someone that had been carefully raised on a curriculum and bred for this work. And when I went out to, she's from 4E Kennels in Pahrump. And and when I went out there to see what their operation looked like, the nursery facilities and the vets that are on site and the staff and the love and the care that go into raising these dogs and then evaluating them for what kind of work they should do was really amazing. And, And it really put me at ease to know that there's there's no one capitalizing on dogs here. No one's getting rich. They are putting all of this money back into the passion of raising these dogs to go out and impact the world. And so when I got Esther, the owner had told me she has a high drive to please. She has a high drive to be touched. She wants to be around people. She reads emotion. Here you go. And it was really humbling to see her. She would be this little tiny puppy chugging around my office, chewing on my furniture, and a child would come in crying and she would go and sit on the child time and time again. And as she's grown and gone through her training, she'll put herself down in her kennel in my office and she'll be sleeping and I'll have the normal traffic in and out. And then someone will come in upset and she will come out and sit with them. I don't have to cue her. I don't have to command her. She just instinctively reads people. One of the fears I think that I always hear when people are looking at starting a dog program in schools is how are you going to deal with kids who just want to get out of class and hang out with the dog? Mm -hmm. And there has really not been a problem. Um, I try really hard to have Esther out in public and available as much as possible. If I have lunch duty, Esther has lunch duty. If I'm going to a pep rally, Esther's got some pom-poms. So she's right. kind of out doing everything. So the kids really get to see her. And it's funny to see her walking down the hall because she's not a, a crowd stopper anymore. And so she'll go cruising down the hall and kids will kind of reach down and just pet her as she goes by and, and she'll keep going. And and so we we headed it off that way. But I think what is so interesting as a mental health professional is that having the dog there has actually shortened the amount of time that I spend in session with kids because they calm down so quickly. And wow. so I'm not spending the five to 10 minutes of take a breath, let's get calm. Can you explain what happened? They come in upset. They pet the dog for a few seconds. They're under control and they're able to get to what it is that brought them in. Isn't that incredible? That's an amazing, amazing 
story. And what about with kids uh, or students that may have um, fear of dogs or have not been around dogs before? So in my school, we have a program called Mark 1014, and it's for students with autism, Down syndrome, developmental delays, and it's a fully inclusive program. Um, Students attend all of the same classes, participate in all of the same activities. It's so cool. It's one of my favorite things about our school. And we have a little guy who had moved from Hawaii. He has Down syndrome. He'd been bitten by a dog um, on the island and was terrified. And so we kind of worked on that. Um, He'd pass Esther in the hallway. Esther would lay down and let him pass and wouldn't move. Mm. Eventually, he kind of touched her on the tail and she was okay. And if you go to Esther's Instagram, there's actually a picture of Esther and this little guy where he had come in because he wanted to tell her what he had for lunch. And so he's sitting on the couch and she's sitting next to him and they both have the biggest smiles on their faces. Oh my gosh. And he, you know, approaches her now, pets her, loves her. She lays with him. So it's, it's cool. Isn't that amazing? I mean, the, the, the healing, the healing effect of dogs, of animals in general, it just, it's like nothing else. And I love the fact that on Esther's Instagram page, uh, the quote is saying, Changing the world one belly rub at a time. Yeah. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I love that. Now, where did the name Esther come from? So I have always loved the Bible verse, Esther 414. Perhaps you were created for such a time as this. It's actually, I have it tattooed on my arm. I, I, think, oh, it's, beautiful. Yeah, I think it's this great kind of biblical butt kicking that we all need sometimes that we're created yes. to help other people, even when it's uncomfortable. And so when one October happened and our counseling department had to really step up and immerse and just kind of get into the thick of it, people would send us that particular verse all the time about the work we were doing. And so it just was the most natural thing to name her Esther. And and I wholeheartedly believe that she was created for this moment and for this work. Wow. That is, that's just, it, it actually brought goosebumps to my arms. I mean, it's, I love that verse as well. Mm-hmm. And I love the name and just that fact that she is doing such beautiful service in your community and that it really is impacting so many people. It really is. It's just, it's a gorgeous story. Mm-hmm. So Esther comes with you to school pretty much every day. She does. Um, I, I try to read her. I can kind of tell when she's getting a little burned out and maybe carrying a little bit too much. And, and when I see that I'll leave her home on Fridays and let her have kind of mm-hmm. a longer weekend. But for the most part, she's there. And, and not only does she go to school, she goes to school events. Um, she'll be at football games or basketball games. One of the things that our school is really passionate about is mission work. We believe that to yes. whom much is given, much is expected. And so we're yes. kind of constantly sending kids out in the world to work. And so we sent a group to L.A. last spring to work in a homeless shelter and in an inner city after school project. And so Esther and I went. We were part of that mission project. And, and that was really a little stressful. I hadn't traveled with her before. Mm-hmm. She's very good at working in her environment. And, and she's still, she's not even two. And so it's a lot to ask of a young dog. Um, and she rose to the occasion. And, and it was just a whole new community of people that we, we had the chance to minister to and work with. That's amazing. One of the things that made me laugh, we were, we were at this after school project and some of the little kids there hadn't really ever been around dogs that you could approach. They had been taught that dogs are scary and guard dogs and that's what they knew from their neighborhood. And so they were a little leery about approaching Esther and finally she's laying on her back and they're rubbing her belly. And one little girl who was maybe five or six said, um, I really want to touch her teeth. 
<laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> okay. And so, <laughs> and so Esther's kind of panting and one little guy's pulling on her tail and this little girl put her hand in her mouth and was touching all of her teeth. And Esther's kind of looking at me out of the corner of her eyes, like, is this cool? Is she allowed to do this? <laughs> um, but I, you know, I just, my hope is dogs aren't so scary for that child now. Yes, that's incredible because I think a lot of kids naturally are drawn to animals and drawn to dogs, but growing up, they may have an experience or again, they, they're they brought up because their parents have a fear of dogs or dogs in, in their community are not typically ones that are friendly or are people friendly. So I think that again, Esther has shown again how she can how she can change the lives of others. I mean, she really can. You know, you mentioned if I have a few stories, I have a million of them. She, I took her with me. I try so hard to be mindful of the fact that while she is a working dog, she is not a service dog to me. So I really try to hold that boundary of she doesn't need to go into a restaurant with me. She doesn't need to go into a store with me. I don't ever want to do anything that would make it harder for someone who needs the dog with them for personal service. Right. But one day... I really, really needed to run into the grocery store before school. And I had her with me, of course, and she had her vest on. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to run in. I had my kids with me, Esther, mind your business. And so we, we went into the store and one of the workers said, hey, and, and motioned for us to stop. The lady came over and, and she said, is that Esther? I saw her on the news. And I said, yeah, that's Esther. And she knelt down and burst into tears and hugged the dog and said, I've just been having such a hard time. And I said, okay. And and I kind of knelt down with her and Esther just leaned into her like she does. And the lady just pet her for a little bit and then collected herself and said, thank you. And went back to her cash register and, and we went on. I mean, I just, things wow. like that are, are happen with her often. And I don't know if it's... Wow her spirit or if it's just truly the power of the dog, but it it's humbling every time. So your relationship with Esther at home, is it different? I mean, I would imagine of course that it's different, but does she, is she different at home? Is she, is your interaction different? Can you explain or, or tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we, when I first started putting the program together, oftentimes when you have a dog that works for a facility, the facility owns the dog and then the dog lives with different handlers. I understand that works and there's a lot of positives to doing that. I kind of personally was uncomfortable with that idea. One, because in a school you can have some administrative turnover. I didn't want to be in a position where suddenly we had someone who didn't believe in the program and then what? Right. And then also we weren't purchasing a fully trained working dog. And so there was the chance that this could fail utterly. Right. I could have this little Cujo and then what? Um, yes. and so I really wanted to own the dog myself. And so my family purchased Esther privately, and then she has a working contract with the school, which is mostly cookies and, and belly rubs. I love it. Yes. Uh, and so that really has freed her up, though, to be just a dog at home. Um, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have to worry about her manners once she's home and the vest comes off and she's digging up the sprinkler lines and chasing the cat and, you know, doing all the normal dog things that we want a two-year-old dog to do. Um, Perfect. It, yes. And she is a, just such a different dog at home. And she makes me laugh because I can tell when she's had a hard day because she'll come home and I'll open the back door and she will march into the swimming pool in a way that I always think like, if she had thumbs, she would pour herself a glass of wine on the way. Uh -huh. Just that, <laughs> trying to shake the day off. 
I love it. That's amazing. That's a great visual. <laughs> and so, Courtney, you have two other pets at home? We do. We have a 200-pound English Mastiff. Her name is Maybe, like Maybe I Won't. And uh-huh. <laughs> she's she's an old lady now. She's almost eight. Yeah. And she, um, you know, we bought her. Uh, my husband's work schedule can be sporadic, and I wanted a dog that would maybe sound scary when I was home alone. Yes. But necessarily be scary. And, and so we always laugh that the only home protection that she offers is if she falls asleep in front of the door and you can't open it. That's really exactly. about it. Um, <laughs> But she's this great, mild-mannered dog, and and you can see on Esther's Instagram that Esther just kind of climbs on her all day, all the time, and still enjoys, and maybe just kind of takes it and looks at us like, I never asked for a little sister. I don't, I don't understand. Right. They're good together. And and I do think, though, that maybe played a big part in what Esther's temperament is like now, because maybe he's not afraid of anything and doesn't react to anything. And so, you know, even with the 4th of July, the fireworks going off, mm-hmm. it never occurred to Esther to be afraid because her big sister wasn't afraid. Interesting. Well, and then you mentioned you have a cat as well. We do. We have a cat. It's a very hurtful and confusing relationship for Esther. Sometimes the cat loves her. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh huh. You know, sometimes I'll walk into my bedroom and they're both on the bed facing each other, and I'm kind of like, "What did I interrupt?" <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, he's around. Okay, so that's that's wonderful. So Esther has. It sounds like a perfect sort of uh, work play balance. I mean, and to me, going to school into that sort of school, I mean, the work that you all are doing there is so inspiring. And so just, I, I really, I really admire everything that you guys are doing. What kind of advice might you have for other people working in schools that might want to develop a program like this? When Esther first kind of hit the news, I've had a tremendous amount of schools really nationwide reaching out, wanting to know how the program is designed and what we do and how we've done it. And, you know, we are a private school. And so that did make starting it a little bit easier. We don't have some of the hurdles that the public schools have. But, you know, with the advice to them, I I think the first thing I always tell people is this is going to feel like having a toddler in church. 24 hours a day for about a year. Um, you just, I always felt like, and, and maybe, you know, part of it was she was so little when I started bringing her to work with me. But on one hand, I had all these news stations coming out to do interviews and talk about this groundbreaking program we were pioneering. And then I kind of felt like behind the curtain, maybe she just peed on the floor and ate a book. Right. Can't tell exactly. me that. <laughs> so it was a lot of like, please don't bark. Please don't bark. Right. Um, exactly. And, and so just once I got through that, realizing though that, that everyone was really on my side, no one wanted this to fail and no one was looking for flaws and, and no one was being negative about it. I really had a whole community of cheerleaders that was excited about what we were doing. And, and I think that most people, when they try to implement these programs, are finding that same thing, that it's clear that the positives outweigh the negatives. And it's a great benefit to offer to kids. Um, I always feel like kids face some really hard, scary things. And if it helps to pet a dog, we should let them pet a dog. And and on the days when maybe things aren't so hard and scary, it still helps to pet a dog. Absolutely. 
that was kind of the, the big one was don't don't beat yourself up and don't don't worry so much. And then for all of the plans that I submitted over the course of the years, the program really kind of took on its own thing and developed organically. Mm-hmm. And and she really just fit into the community in different ways. And and I've tried really hard to just say yes to every opportunity that comes my way for her. There's a nonprofit in town called Gracie's House that does inclusive activities for disabled children. And they had a night that they were all going to go ride the high roller down on the Vegas Strip. And they reached out to me through Esther's Instagram and asked if I would bring her because some of the kids were scared. And she was probably eight months old at the time. I probably had no business taking this puppy on the high roller but I thought well (laughs) we'll just say yes Um, (laughs) and so we went down and and she did it and she made some friends and calmed some kids down and we've really tried to work on on a lot of community outreach and not just you know within our own school although certainly there's plenty to keep her busy just within our school I imagine we can find Esther on Instagram what is her what is her handle again please she is Esther Bean Comfort Queen she was Esther Bean from when she came home and it just kind yeah. of stuck <laughs> oh no it's wonderful I mean I'm already seeing a series of children's books about yes. this <laughs> It really is. It's so inspiring. And then if we wanted to see the blog about Esther, where do we find that? The blog is called Insights, and it's on my school's website. It's faithlutheranlv.org. Beautiful. The school sounds so inspiring. I went to a Catholic school growing up, and we didn't do any of these things. I mean, this was 100 years ago. But the kind of work, the kind of outreach, teaching kids students to be of service and to be in the community and to give back. I mean, that, that really is so much what it's all about. And I just, I really applaud both the school and your work, Courtney. It's just, it's really inspiring. And I, and I thank you so much for being with us today. I I thank you. I I love the chance to talk about Esther. She's truly one of the the biggest things I think I'll ever do. Mm, That's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. (laughs) I really applaud Courtney for having the insight and the determination to see just how positive an effect a dog can have on everyday school life and how responsive these students were to Esther's presence. Being a student in middle school comes with such complexity. I just remember going through puberty, dealing with so many issues. You're kind of in between worlds. And especially today, the environment in schools is almost untenable with the idea of school shootings. There's so much texting going on. Kids are looking at their phones. It's just a whole new world. And for the idea of bringing an animal into that environment, it makes so much sense to me because that animal represents nature. And dogs are helping people all over the world kind of navigate and to see a dog like Esther, to hear about a dog like Esther coming in and and helping Courtney kind of heal her school, the teachers and students alike. It's just such a beautiful story. And I can imagine these kids coming into her office and sitting there and immediately kind of being brought out of their thoughts and brought into this world represented by nature, by dogs, by the present moment. And there's such a healing value to this kind of thing that I just feel would be such a beautiful program in every school around the country. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. For the dog days of summer, during July and August, we will be posting every other Tuesday. I'll be spending a lot more time with my dogs, and I hope you will be too. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.